and take a trip down on my block when you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from penrose to north side from benton park to old north to west end the west side we bless when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is Stitch Cast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome to another edition of Stitch Cast Studio. Today, we will be discussing a very powerful topic, neurodivergent, with an emphasis on autism. This discussion will be led by our Stitch Cast Studio youth and alumni. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stitch Cast Studio. This is our episode on neurodivergency part one. This episode is part of our series on misunderstanding, fear, and hate. Our main focus for this episode is going to be primarily on autism. So let's start off with explaining what autism is. Autism is characterized by differences in communication styles, how we form relationships, social interaction. We can also have repetitive behavior, a greater need of structure and restrictive but intense interests known as special interests. The treatments for autism include occupational therapy, speech therapy, vocational rehab, and poor time. Additionally, there is experimental treatment involving medical cannabis in low doses, although I would advise doing a lot of research before exploring this treatment option. Note I did not mention ABA or other play therapies. One of the problems with ABA or applied behavior analysis is it can be really harmful. But before we go into that, let me describe what ABA is. ABA is a therapy based on a system of rewards and punishments. It's to try to modify behavior or to teach autistic kids skills. Most of the time, how to have conversational skills and to blend in. Now, ABA is most effective when you use both punishments and rewards. Additionally, it's the recommendation is 40 hours per week. One of the main one of the problems with ABA is that there are isn't a lot of of oversight and ABA permits stuff that can be unethical. For example, some ABA therapists will take away communication devices as as well as yell at the kid or ABA therapists may do something called planned ignoring where they ignore the child regardless of their needs. Another thing is autistic people have these 
self-regulating behaviors called stims. Stimming includes hand flapping, rocking, pacing, and a lot of other things. Some ABA therapists may train an autistic child not to stim. One uh, one thing that should be important about stimming is that everyone should know that uh, stimming is not just localized to uh, autistic people. Um, anyone can stim, even if you don't have a, a mental illness or diagnosis, you, anyone can stim. It's just most generalized in autistic people. Note when I said that the recommended amount for ABA is also 40 hours, that's a lot. If you need 40 hours to train a behavior through rewards and punishments, chances are you're not doing it the most efficient way. A problem with ABA therapy is it relies on a concept called radical behavioralism, which everything is behavior, but the pain from a sensory overload, anger, other emotions, those aren't behaviors. And VA doesn't always take into consideration the emotions or the reason why uh, an autistic person does not make eye contact or why they sim or why they have a meltdown. OT occupational therapy is generally better in this regard as instead of training behaviors, it seeks to work with it, the autistic person and try to find ways to oh, make their life e easier, like suggesting communication devices or other accessibility devices, helping find safer ways to stim if you if an autistic person has a harmful stim or a problematic stim another thing that be har is harmful to the autistic community is just people not listening or understanding that we're still we're still people and we still have our feelings uh most harmful thing is people thinking that or using the R word, you know, against us. So, and you might be wondering what that is. Uh, it's, the R word in my, is retarded. A lot of people think autistic people are retarded and we're not. Uh, some people, some autistic people can be like very smart, one of the smartest people in the classroom or in wherever you are. But I would like to add that autistic people have a very wide range of, of in, intelligence. Uh, typically, when people think of autistic, they think of, of genius or very, very, very high needs, low IQ, and there's everything in between. A problem I had in high school especially was that I felt like I had to live up to that being that genius otherwise I was low intelligence and I overcompensated a lot and it was really kind of fringe. Back to our discussion on ABA and other harmful therapies uh, I'd like to add that play therapies that try to 
change the way a child plays is our ablest. Playing is supposed to be relaxing and fun, whatever that looks like, not what's typical. Floor time differs from most therapies in that a therapist may ask about what a child's doing during play or introduce new language while they play, but ultimately let the kid decide how they're going to play. Uh, Another thing that is not a treatment is exposure therapy. Exposure therapy is used for phobias, exposing people with them to their triggers in hopes that they will get used to that. But sensory overload is pain, not a phobia. And trying to expose your or autistic kid to a variety of overstimulating sensory inputs, it is just cruel. There are many helpful treatments and some play therapy like it's just teaching a child how to not hurt themselves or others as they actually do that while playing. But definitely the play therapy that tries to change um, change how a child plays just because they play differently is very harmful. Also teachers that shut down creativity and just yell at the student or punish them if they are quote-unquote misbehaving because they're having a stim or stimming or over or under stimulated. Yeah, the best thing to do when an autistic child is actually misbehaving is to punish them in the same way that you'd punish a neurotypical child. If they're having a meltdown, however, the best thing that you can do is help remove them from the situation. And stop talking, try to reduce the input. A big problem I had growing up is when I said uh, too much input, too much input, people just keep repeating the question over and over again. And that would cause me to melt down instead of pausing when I said I couldn't think and let me catch up. Another thing is always, always, always ask consent before you just randomly touch somebody, especially if they're autistic, because some autistic people have a really, really, really bad issue with physical touch. Like they will melt down if you uh, you touch them. Something I want to mention before we go too far into podcasts is a lot of ABA therapies aren't actually ABA or, or rely on ABA very, very, very little, but they're labeled ABA because that's often the only therapy that insurance companies cover. So it can be a minefield when trying to find decent therapy that's not going to cause harm. In addition, you need to look out for other therapists like floor time or occupational therapists who may try to do ABA as well. The best thing you can do is sit in with your child in therapy sessions and ask a lot of questions and do a lot of research. Additionally, if you're a parent of an autistic kid, you may want to explore some spaces that are predominantly autistic to learn our point of view and what you could do to actually help your child. 
I like to bring up a common charity called Autism Speaks. Uh, they have numerous issues. They, for years, promoted the vaccine and autism link long after it was debunked. They, for the most part, have had an entirely neurotypical board. The few autistic people that they had on their board of directors were treated as token autistic people who weren't listened to and who ultimately stepped down on because of that. In addition, their Autism Speaks have been funding the uh, Ronberg Art Center, which is a mental health institution notorious for using shock therapies as a punishment for displaying autistic traits. These devices are more powerful than a taser and have to be worn. In addition, shocks can be issued repeatedly. Hey everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for our Pick the City Up art interlude featuring an original piece by Story Stitcher's youth, Nene Whitley. The beauty in my eyes is from the tears in the past. I guess the glow was just an imposter. They want me to get down because I'm black, but my mama say pain running my jeans, so I gotta keep up my posture. When my siblings were young, I taught them to put their hands up because if they don't, a cop might just pop them. They shut down our schools, but opened up the clubs, but <laughs> who are they stopping? Now they lying in books because I opened up one. Come on now, what's really popping? My mama said they was gonna lie. That's the truth she was telling me. I wonder what stopped her. When my words get out and I get shot or pull away for a felony, don't be surprised because they trying to stop us. Clearly we a target. They don't want us in public, so they knocking us off the market. Another BLM post and not just hearted because racism was here before the government started. Now they want to mess with my brother and throw him in jail and call him a deadbeat father. We got freedom of speech, but when we say our lives matter, clearly y'all bothered. When we stand up with peace, y'all pull out a gun, but <laughs> violence is our problem. Um, in my experience, I, uh, I actually uh, had babysat a, a couple of kids that were autistic. And uh, in my experience, from what I from what I had to uh, what I had to do at the time, especially in the beginning when I didn't really have much of an understanding, the whole uh, the the punishment aspect not only of uh, originally it was like it was uh, like non-existent. It's like just just about everything was kind of offensive already. Like I wasn't uh, I wasn't like allowed to um, to even point without it uh, be, being like an issue or without it feeling like it was more uh, more aggression behind it than, than it really was. So like in in situations like that, like. What, what what do you what do you uh what would you say is best to do? Simple. Don't make them engage in something that they're uncomfortable, and punish them in the same way that you punish a neurotypical child, like timeouts or taking away a toy, but not yelling at them, not spanking them, uh, not taking away communication devices or intentionally doing things that trigger them like forcing eye contact or exposing them to negative if sensory inputs. Okay, okay. Is there uh, any positive reinforcement you would recommend in the case that uh, it is either already too late or just uh, someone who doesn't really know what else to do otherwise? The same way you do with a neurotypical child. If they're doing something good, just say good job or keep doing that. Uh, for the most part, 
you want to treat them in the same way as a neurotypical child old while also being aware that they have sensory issues or may have some communication differences also um if they're having already in having a meltdown and you're like because uh, you're trying to try to calm them down show demonstrations of breathing like uh not say look at me but just like hey get their attention you're like hey hey deep breath and then show them what a deep breath like and maybe we keep repeated a couple times and like i said always ask consent for uh touching but it maybe if they would like to give them a hug or just rub their shoulder or back or something but um but definitely always ask first don't just randomly uh hug or hug them especially if they're having a meltdown that might send them worse i would like to add on to that before you do the breathing app exercise you need to remove them from the situation or reduce the uh, sensory inputs it's try to get them into a quiet space and just give them a few minutes to kind of cool down and then try to help if you're not removing them from an overstimulating situation you're not going to get anything done you could possibly even make it worse so with the meltdowns, are there like any signs to look out for before it actually like happens? Is there any behaviors that um, artistic kids like show so you would help it stop before it starts? Everyone is different, but you might notice there's extra stemming for some people. Like they might, even bad stemming, they might start scratching themselves or they might start rocking back and forth or start hitting stuff like their hands, their head. That's usually signs of they're getting overstimulated and would need to leave the room. But there's also understimulation, which would call, sometimes called a which would uh, also have signs like rocking back and forth, maybe standing up and walking around, um, tapping things and stuff. And that's just a sign that they're they're understimulated and some something, just you know, maybe a sensory toy or something to to focus on. Also, another good thing is look for general signs of distress as well. Like some autistic people may hyperventilate or look like they're starting to have a panic attack. Uh, some may look very, very, very frustrated at first, and that could quickly escalate. So if they're displaying some kind of strong negative emotion, the best thing that you could do is try to do sensory inputs, try to figure out what's wrong. Okay, thank you. I do have another question. Like, what are some misconceptions that people might have about autism or autistic kids that are not true? Uh, I have a few uh, that where Sheldon Cooper or Rain Man, and those are very bad depictions of autistic people. Uh, and you generally shouldn't make assumptions with the autistic people. There's a saying that if you met, meet one autistic person, you met one autistic person. We're all different. Also, uh, 
another common misconception is that autistic people lack empathy or lack compassion, and that's not true. A lot of autistic people may feel emotional empathy where we feel the same uh, emotion as or similar emotions as some people, but lack the theory of mind, like why someone might be feeling that or what other people's thought patterns may be. Addition, we don't typically lack compassion either. Most autistic people I've met really care about others, but may not show it in a typical way. So you know, people mistake it as not having it. Um, another thing is I've had people that think that I'm completely normal just because I can function normally, but and don't really act, act autistic. Or, yeah, uh, a lot of autistic people can mask or act not autistic. This is what ABA teaches autistic children to do, and it's really exhausting it can really drain your batteries but it can make a autistic person appear as a neurotypical appear like they don't need help and one more thing is that i've just lost friends over this as voice control some some or i don't know all but uh some of us autistic people have issues with controlling how loud our voice is and we might be thinking we're talking normally like or even whispering when we're yelling on the top of our lungs and we don't mean to really mess with it like if you just say hey you're being a little loud can you quiet down you know or just point it out just gently point it out <laughs> we will try our best to fix it next left that's one of the misconceptions that uh, people thought I'm just being loud and being annoying on purpose. Uh, another misconception I can think of is that autism is a, it primarily affects boys. And what we're finding is that autism actually presents a little bit differently in girls. Like we're a little bit better at masking than autistic guys. So it can it mean late diagnosis and not getting the help we need. So you really need to do research on that and try to keep an eye out for the signs, even in women. So I don't know if you've seen the show, the Netflix series Atypical, but um, is it actually like representing the autistic community or is it just like just showing some parts of it, but not really, you know, getting into what's really happening? I don't watch Atypical, so I can't answer that, honestly. Same here, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I just was curious. Some resources for finding good information are going to be the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network. You think you might have signs of autism or... You might be autistic. I definitely recommend talking to a therapist. Do not just self-diagnose or anything. Talk to the professional. To add on to self-diagnosis is sometimes it really is the only option, especially in areas where misinformation is really common. I have a friend in India who can't get a diagnosis because 
is they all their awareness of autism is really low and they really don't know how to detect it. But if you are going to self-diagnose, I would strongly recommend doing a lot of research in addition to finding autistic communities and seeing how well you vibe with us. Like if we're really, really relatable and you're seeing the signs and after a lot of research, then chances are or you may be, but an official diagnosis is generally better. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, thank you for sharing all this information with us because me personally, I didn't really know a lot about it. I just knew, like, what was on the internet or what's just been shown on our social media. And it's, like, a way different viewpoint than when I first started. So I did want to say thank you for, like, enlightening me and giving me this information. So, yeah. I'd like to say thank you for listening, and, you know, because this is like really important to me, and like, uh, but, uh, I'm pretty sure it's important to Lindsay, and you know, it's just it's nice to get it out there and defeat the miscommunications and the misinformation and stuff. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to find out more about us, you can head to storystitchers.org. Thank you for listening. We want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. Story Stitchers is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Lewis Prize for Music's 2021 Accelerator Award. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and Story Stitchers Youth Programs was provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2021. Lust Corporations, The Charity Pot, and March for Our Lives, Aid and Allowance. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.